Hello and welcome to R plus J equals podcast. My name is Joe Getula and with me as usual is my lovely wife, Regina. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's been a long time. It has been. Well, not really for us. We were together every day. But oh, we are really. For, for <laughs> listeners, it's been a really, really long time. It has been. So much has happened the last two, three years? Three years. So Game of Thrones finale was 2019 sometime. Yeah. Blacked, it was like May. Blacked it out of my head. Yeah. Summer? Yeah. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, ever since then, a lot has changed in our own lives. And now we're coming back and still talking about Game of Thrones right now. Right? Because in 2019, we only had one kid at the time. Yeah, I was pregnant. This is the first time I'm doing a podcast where I'm not with child. So in... in 2017, we had the podcast. I was pregnant. 2019, we had the the second podcast or whatnot about the latest did, season. Did we do two seasons of the podcast or just one? We, we, did, we did multiple. Did we do two or did we do three? I don't I even think it know. Was two. Okay. I think it was two because basically we started doing the podcast as Game of Thrones got worse. Yeah. So it eventually devolved into a, a an angry podcast. Yeah, which no one should go back and listen to, <laughs> to be honest. But then we did that and then so much change. We moved I got pregnant again. So I changed my career. A lot of changes for me, actually. <laughs> so we had our second kid in October of 2019. Yes, correct. You had to pause grad school for? For like a year, basically. Well, you, you, I just got in and then I was like, hey, I'm also pregnant. And you I need haven't a slow been... play one Exactly. One of, one of the years you needed to slow play, so it extended your... Yeah. Your stint in grad so school. So I extended my stint for by a year, and then I got pregnant again last year. But I did not extend. I just did the full-blown course. And so, yeah, it's crazy because literally the last time we did this podcast... It was before the pandemic. It was before the pandemic. We lived in... Oh, no, we still lived here. But just just different things were happening. We, no, we lived here in 20... We moved to this townhouse in 2020. So yeah, but I'm talking about we still lived in we the lived Bay. In, we lived in the Bay. Yeah. See, I feel like we can't even keep track of the last no, three years. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes sense. The last three-ish years have been a complete blur, not just for us, but for the whole world. And yeah. I think now here we are. But how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm the happy father of three kids. Um, <laughs> they are, they are uh, quite the handful. Um, but for me, I'm more or less the same. I continue to work in video games marketing continue to play video games com- continue to be a dad and a husband and I-, I watched a lot more bulls basketball this year that was a oh big you one did the bulls, i didn't notice <laughs> the bulls made the playoffs last year and i was actually able to watch almost every single game um and and that was a new thing i guess because mm-hmm. i hadn't watched a full season in a long time and you watch on your ipad because our children um are little dictators when it comes to the tv so we can't watch any real shows yeah so until it's like usually 7 30 usually i'd be watching on the ipad while making them dinner or <laughs> emptying the dishwasher or doing something in the kitchen before okay, they had we, to go to sleep you, we make it sound like our lives are like boring okay we did some fun things but it's just been a whirlwind yeah so uh we wanted to at least start by talking about a couple notable shows that we've watched since 2019. Um, I think the first one that I wanted to talk about was Watchmen. Watchmen, mm-hmm. the miniseries on HBO. Um, it's funny because 
we watched Watchmen, I think in 2019. So it's been a while since um, that show came out. Yeah, because it came after Game of Thrones. It did. Yeah. It did. And I, I felt like Watchmen was at such a high quality level. It It did its best to wash the taste of Game of Thrones away. But yeah. it was only a one season stint, yeah. so it kind of came and went. I don't know if it completely washed the stint of Game of Thrones for me. I think it was just, um, it was a really, really good show. Very different. I, you know, actually learned some things from it. But at the same time, it it's just, it was nothing like Game of Thrones. I think in general, even though we bitch and moan about Game of Thrones, like pretty much until the end of 2019 and then we were like okay we need to stop talking about this shit because yeah COVID happened but anyways um it was still a good show it's just it wasn't it still didn't make the mark like Game of Thrones did and so I'm still waiting for something like that and we have a couple of options that are coming our way which we'll get to yeah for me Watchmen after Game of Thrones, I compared every show that I watched to Watchmen because it was like for me the probably the highest quality that I felt. Um, so it was, I utilized it as a barometer for the last couple of years. Did I like it as much as Watchmen? Did I like it more than Watchmen? And most of the times, there were there were not that many shows that lived up to it for me. So mm-hmm. I really really liked it. But it's if if anyone is listening to this podcast, I don't know probably like the five people listening to this. Um, <laughs> Watchmen is highly recommended. It yes. is really good, and it's an extremely well thought out show, and um, it is the best show I think we've watched in the last three years. Yeah, by far. Uh, moving to the next one, this isn't it's it's a show, but it's also a documentary, and it's also a sport. Oh gosh, F one Drive to Survive. So the story here is uh, a lot of our good friends. Got really obsessed with Drive to Survive during the pandemic. Which is on Netflix. To the point of driving, uh, driving, no, wearing memorabilia, following teams and all that stuff. So eventually the word of mouth got to me and I started binging the show. And then I fell in love with it. And I refused to watch it because I would, you know, side eye what he's watching. I'm like, this looks so boring. Why would you be really watching a bunch of race? races like seriously are we like is this nascar and then joe i think pointed out okay it is not nascar yeah i think the preconceived notion of any racing here in america is that it's going to be like nascar and it's just driving in a circle yeah right and it just didn't seem that interesting and i remember you telling me well there's a bunch of attractive people on it so and i was like hmm piques my interest but still not interested and i think i was trying to also be a contrarian because everybody a lot of our friends that god you guys would talk about it constantly on our chat and i would just be like you know what i refuse to watch this i refuse to become obsessed over something and then and then you know christmas break happened and i was like okay and then throughout the holidays or november and october you know, you would wake up and you would watch the race. And of course, you know, I live with you, so I can't really avoid what's happening. So yeah, I kind of was like, okay, let me maybe stop ignoring this. Yeah. I'll peek, I'll peek over and be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Some of the stories that you would tell me. And then I started asking a little more questions and so, then I finally gave in. Yeah. So I 
watched it last year and I caught I started watching the live races right after the summer break so I was able to watch basically the second half of last season completely as a as a live viewer and then when Drive to Survive season four came out this this past year that's when you were able to jump in and only recently did you finish uh quick enough to start watching live races right and that was probably right before this year's summer break Mm -hmm. and i think this basically drive to survive is about the f1 sport and the f1 sport consists of the top 20 drivers in the entire world um competing on 10 teams and essentially they're the best of the best and it sounds very boring and why is this even compelling but somehow the the documentary made it compelling and then even forget the documentary when you just watch the race and you just really just appreciate the sport for what it is it is actually quite interesting and thrilling and exciting and it's kind of just easy to follow because there's only 20 drivers you have a couple of handful that you like and then you just root for them yeah and it's fun to talk to your friends about it too right nice all right so the last couple shows that we want to talk to talk about um two of them are hbo shows i think first off we'll touch on it really quickly is succession i think succession is a lot of people's favorite show since game of thrones it's really popular it wins a lot of emmys we really really enjoy it and i don't think that you need to hear from us that you should watch it because I think everybody has probably told you already to watch Succession. Yeah, I think you have a lot more love for it than I do, but it's definitely good. That's all I got to say Just about good? it. Just <laughs> good? No. I think it's pretty good. I think it's good. It's, again, I'm still like in search of that groundbreaking, you know, show that blows my mind. And um, I'm still not really feeling like Succession has done that, but it's a good show. It's good. It's fine. All right. We'll agree to disagree there. I think a show that you think is, and I, I I'll absolutely love the show as well, you think it's better than Succession, is Barry. Yes. I love Barry. I think it's hilarious, and I think it's different, but at the same time, dark and dramatic and really easy to watch because they're only, what, 30, 30 40 minutes, minutes yeah. maybe sometimes, but it is so clever and entertaining and i'm not even going to try to explain the premise because i think you just need to watch it and then the first episode you'll pretty much going to be clear on what the show entails i think it's it's so unique in tone in terms of it can flip from comedy to drama to action yeah and they have really so poignant and the show is really poignant like it really makes you think and i think one of the best scenes I've ever watched on TV comes from that show. I laughed so incredibly hard. And I still think about it sometimes and I still laugh to myself. If, if any of you have watched the show, it's the chase sequence in <laughs> the final scene. Oh, the the oh most recent sequence. It just season. had so, it had a very clear message and it was just so funny. I love that show. I think it's one of the top comedies of all time. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think the the last show that we wanted to talk about, it's one of the more recent shows we've watched. It's also a 30 minutes, uh, uh, also a 30 minute show. It also toggles between comedy, drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes serious in tone, joke, jokey in tone. Uh, it's The Bear. I think we have a little bias, though, because yeah, we definitely. lived in Chicago for many years. And so when we watched that, we 
revel in the nostalgia of it and makes us want to move back, although we will not be moving back. But um, I think it's a really good show if you're just looking again for something easy to watch, something uh, a little serious. I wouldn't say little... it's easy. It gets well, quite stressful. It gets quite stressful, but it's not like... It's short. Yeah, it's not like Stranger Things where you're like freaking sweating your ass off thinking that like your favorite character is going to die. That's what I mean. It's it's It toggles between funny here and there and seriousness. And I think it really wants you to become a perfectionist, you know, but then also realize that maybe you shouldn't be a perfectionist in life. Because yeah, it causes a bunch of problems. The premise is essentially a, a top flight chef inherits an Italian beef restaurant from his uh, passed away brother. Mm-hmm. So if that sounds appealing to you, check it out. If it doesn't sound appealing to you, you should check it out anyway. But if you like Chicago yeah. or like want to visit Chicago or at least know what Chicago's like in terms of culture and just the aura, yeah. The Bear is like a good show to get into that. Absolutely. All right, so segueing, talking about Aura, there's a couple franchises <laughs> in the fantasy world that have an aura to them, okay. right? There's Lord of the Rings, yes. Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, Star Wars, etc., etc. Avatar, Last Airbender. Avatar, Last Airbender. So two of the things that we wanted to talk about, and we'll probably be talking about in the next couple episodes, are the biggest fantasy TV shows to come out since Game of Thrones. I think first off, we'll touch on this one quickly because it's not out yet, is Rings of Power. Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, it releases on September 2nd, so in a couple days. Yeah, we'll probably be watching that on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to be watching it. I don't know if I have super high hopes. Honestly, I didn't even really know that it was coming out on Friday until you told me. Um, I, I mean, like I said, we're going to watch it because it's, you know, Lord of the Rings. We're really interested in the world. I think after our whole Game of Thrones dramatic ending that was just terrible and everybody was angry, um, I, I kind of don't want to put, like, so much hope in a lot of these fantasy TV yeah. shows because at, at the end of the day, like, let's be real. Everybody's just trying to replicate 10 years of Game of Thrones. And the Lord of the Rings trailer or the Rings of Power trailer, it looked really cool and it looked really expensive. Expensive, and it I'm sure the acting's great and all, but like I don't know, and I'm not sure if I expect to be blown away. Yeah, and I don't know, and if the story, I mean, honestly, I know it's based off of I believe early stories, works, early works, right, and. I heard that it the story is really compelling, really good. Um, I don't know. I just I'm not like counting down the days and the hours of when the show comes out, and I'm hoping that I am going to be blown away, and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely wow, that was really good. Yeah, or, I think the only thing that I can really say about it is that it looks like it's really high production values. It looks like the Lord of the Rings, and I'm open to it, but I'm not expecting yeah anything groundbreaking. Right. I agree. But, you know, it's kind of nice that we have something to watch that is yeah. not in that world. Yep. So that gets us to our final topic, uh, House of the Dragon. So two weeks ago... You go first and tell us what you think. Yeah, two weeks ago, House of the Dragon premiered. Um, I went into it being incredibly skeptical. <laughs> I went into it... 
we actually weren't even planning on yeah. watching it. We were going to rely on word of mouth and probably wait until all of the episodes came out. But then Joe here watched the trailer and, and thought was like, it was... like, oh, I kind of like the trailer. Yeah, then I watched it and I was like, it's a fine trailer. Is it amazing? I'm not sure. But then the idea of having a weekly TV show is also yeah. appealing, especially think, on a Sunday night. I think so. that's something that we figured out for ourselves during the pandemic. Because there were a bunch of shows that came out that were binge and were like, oh, that was decent to watch, but it really comes and goes, whether it's The Witcher, Shadow of Bone, Stranger Things, Stranger Things etc. And then there were a couple shows that we would watch week to week, whether it was The Expanse, For All Mankind, etc., etc. The Last Dance. The la- Oh, The Last Dance <laughs> was a good one. Um, where it actually brought more... Joy. It brought us back to what watching TV used to be like, right? right. Building up to a, a weekly kind of ritual Mm -hmm. having that anticipation maybe you watch the episode more than once and then you go on anticipating the next episode theorizing and talking about it right and And that's that's the glory of weekly tv watching so with that said we went into house of the dragon saying let's just give it a shot week by week uh and hopefully it's good and we also knew that the D &D dudes weren't involved yeah. and have absolutely no affili- no affiliation yep. with it so that was another reason why i decided to give a shot because i was like fine if these guys yeah. aren't really involved you know how bad we've seen bad game of thrones yeah exactly horrible game of so, thrones how bad can it really be so that actually is a nuance that i figured out midstream the first episode so we won't talk spoilers about the first few episodes. We'll talk about overall quality. I went into it, like I said, a little bit skeptical. But once I started watching and absorbing and being in the world again, I realized like it was never Game of Thrones in terms of the world, in terms of the tone and the seriousness. Or even and, this ending story. Yeah, and, and the attention to detail and all those things. I loved all those things about Game of Thrones. What we hated was the final execution of the story. I think right? we've belabored that point. Yeah, in we've our del- belabored that a lot. So podcasts. when I was watching the show, I was like, "Man, this is actually really well done. It's really well cast. Um, the obviously the visuals are amazing. Shout out to Miguel Sapochnik, who is uh, a co-showrunner, but unfortunately he's now departing after <laughs> the first season. But he directed some of the best Game of Thrones se- uh, episodes from the first uh, from the earlier series, and he was an avid kind of disagreeer with. David and Daniel, and he was really upset with how the final season went. So he tried to utilize this, I think, to try to redeem himself. So with that said, in terms of my overall reaction to those first two episodes, if you've been waiting for someone's recommendation, I'd say it's worth it. I think it's worth it so far. The acting is good. The the story has been pretty good so far. As I think the only times that I dislike it, and it only has happened once, is when they allude to the coming war in the north, the White Knight King, and yeah, the White Walkers, really and all that stuff. It, but though. they haven't really done it. They just did it once. I think, first of all, where are all the hot people? Yeah. I mean, I watched the show, and yeah, the casting's great, acting's great, whatever. But like, I'm like, mm, aren't the Targaryens supposed to be like extremely attractive? And I, I'm like, what is happening here? So that was. My I mean, first reaction. I mean, we should have known. <laughs> I'm kidding. We should have known. That's not the only reason why I watch TV, guys. <laughs> we should have known ever since ever since the flashback. Lyanna Stark. But from, she was cute. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the Targaryen. Oh, Rhaegar Targaryen. Rhaegar Targaryen oh was God. miscast completely. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I was like, where's all the hot people is my first um, 
reaction to the show. I mean, I'm still not, I completely bought in. I'm still very, I literally am only watching this show just because there's a weekly TV show to watch. If it was replaced with any other fantasy show or any other maybe like interesting, compelling show, it would, that's what we would be watching on Sunday night. I, I really am not like bought in yet. They would have to do, and they really have to prove themselves. Like I said, I know these guys have nothing to do with the previous execution or whatnot, but it's still a sour taste in my mouth. But it's still fun to watch. I mean, the music's good. It was kind of nice to hear the theme song last week. And I was like, oh, it brought some feelings back. It brought some feelings back to see the dragons. And but, but here's my question to you. Taking it for what it is and forgetting about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Compare it more to other fantasy shows that you've watched in the last couple of years. Whether it's Shadow and Bone. Whether it's Wheel of Time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's another show that we watched in there, sprinkled in. Like, I, for me, personally, the first two episodes of House of the Dragon are definitely better than the first two episodes of Wheel Wheel of Time and Shadow and Bone. Like, those were... Hmm, I feel like they're pretty equal in terms of my like for All right, that's fair. Because I think a lot of you liking Game of Thrones and all the stuff that you just talked about is because of good Game of Thrones like 10 years ago. Or so my preconceived notion of Game right. of Thrones is helping it. Right. So it's like leveraging that love and that aura and fandom before it was bad. Um, and I think it just excuse why you think House of Dragon, whatever. I can never get the right name right. I'm sorry. House of the Dragon um, is better than Wheel of Time. I think, I think Wheel of Time was good. It was enjoyable. I mean, it was pretty addicting at one point i thought the first two episodes were pretty mediocre because you hate the lady's face what's her name rose (laughs) joe think joe hates this woman's face you make me sound so like superficial no he not because of that but because she just a girl no it's because she was in gone girl okay and she was terrifying in gone girl i think that also makes me not like the show as much as because of her face (laughs) i i think Overall, the quality of those first two episodes were like, it was fine. For me, the quality of House of the Dragon, I'm like, this is pretty good. So that's my barometer there. Yeah, I mean, the music is all great and that, you know, the acting. You love how HBO I mean, shows I'm, look that no, grittiness. I'm, like, talk so. about the story. Like, I'm actually, I'm kind of into the story. No, the story's interesting. It's simple to follow. It's not like early Game of Thrones where you're trying to keep track of, like, Every five different house, houses yeah. and they all had complicated weird names. This is like, okay, there's two people. They want the throne and we're going to follow this story. Um, no, it's, it's, it's good. Don't get me wrong. But like, again, I, it's only been two episodes and I'm still not bought in. There's a lot of work they have to do to prove that Game of Thrones is in some ways back like it was the first six seasons. Yeah. So let's be clear. I think we're likely not going to cover this show week by week. Because I think we won't really get a full grasp at how good it is until the end of the season. Would you yeah. agree with that? Like, I, yeah. I'm not going to be able to judge it for what it actually is until we get to the end of the season where I can say, 
oh, that was worth it. That yeah. was worth making. And I think at the end of the day, also what is really causes a lot of cons- uh, constraint constraints for this show is that like at the end end of all things we know what happens to the targaryens we know what happens to i I mean i guess i don't know the story as i'm sure other people know about this story but it's not the biggest battle it's not and it's not right and i don't know i mean i there are a lot of powerful targaryens not just daenerys but in recent times daenerys was this probably the most powerful obviously um for different reasons and i don't know if these two people in this particular story are as compelling as daenerys's story was as john's story was or was supposed to be at least so that's why i also am like is this show it's going to be epic in it in certain ways but in the back of my head it's like well they kind of were inconsequential to the yeah, and that's to the entire roadmap to Daenerys and. John. I mean, that's the problem with both Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. They're prequels, and prequels just in general, right? Have but Rings less of stakes. Power, I think. Again, I don't know the story. There's more people that know the story more than I do about Rings of Power, but that seems more more impactful in whatever happened is going to happen. In Lord of the Rings, because that's the, about like kind of the beginning of Star. I don't know if this is even right. I'm totally guessing. Well. It's about. I think the, so. It, it, you know. Remember the in Fellowship of the Ring that first, whatever they call it, the 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 first kind of ten minute segment. Yeah, it's and, kind of about that. To the war. And that's a big that. deal. That's a big deal. With Is the, it? I think it, with the Game of Thrones, House think, of Dragon, House of the Dragon thing. For me, the biggest deal is does Frodo destroy the ring? Well, but it still led up to that large, massive battle that essentially killed Sauron. Spoiler alert. But it's been twenty years, so. But it's still a prequel. Prequels it's still a have prequel, no stakes. But I mean, like, it it's still a, perhaps it'll still be an interesting story. I think with House of the Dragon, essentially, from what I feel like we are watching is that we're just trying to figure out if if Daenerys came from that chick or if Daenerys came from but, the other chick. But does that come from your? love of lord of the rings that you're actually interested in how we get to sauron because i'm not that interested. i mean i don't know much about sauron so that's why i'm interested in that whole aspect of the story i think like he was a villain and he's supposed to be this big bad villain but all we got out of him was an eye and i feel like it would be really cool to find some interesting stories kind of like yeah okay we talk so much shit about the star wars prequels but at the end of the day it was kind of cool to learn about Anakin Skywalker, you know. Yeah, he was a brat and yeah, but was bad that's, acting and all that. Darth- but, like, the story was still compelling. Oh, he really loved his mom. She died, and he was really sad. But Oh, he doesn't want his wife to die because she's pregnant, and he really loves her. And so he turned evil. <laughs> but I, So it's, it's something that I've read about a little bit. So the thing with the Star Wars prequels is that, you know, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he's clearly a nuanced villain. Right. right, he he struggles with morality and and like saving his own son and all that stuff. Sauron and Lord of the Rings in general is is written as a light versus dark story, straight up. Absolutely, there is no, I there agree. Is, I agree. There is I, no morals to Sauron ever. I agree, but at the same time, I don't know anything about his powers. I don't even know what he is. He's just pure is evil. He like, yeah, I know, but maybe I want to know more about his pure evilness, and I want to know more about. All the different 
epic battles and struggles that these people went through. I I personally think that could be more interesting than whatever's happening in House of the Dragon. Like, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of battles with dragons and there's going to be a lot of very impactful events um, and it's going to be compelling and there's going to be all this drama. But like I said, at the end of the day, the end story of all is what we got three years ago. And the end story of Lord of the Rings is what we got 10 years ago. And I was happy when the ring was destroyed. <laughs> you know what? Like, good one. In Game of Thrones, it was never about good versus evil. It's definitely a more nuanced story and well, terms it of was, moral. Well, it was a little bit with, with the Night King. But then oh, they just God. killed him very quickly. I feel like we shouldn't get into the into. I feel like we're devolving this conver, de, this conversation so, is devolving into us bitching about it again. But I guess I'm what I'm trying to say is that in the most basic, simple terms, in Lord of the Rings, we got like this great ending, and it was happy, and it was satisfying, it was wonderful. Okay. With Game of Thrones, yes, that's probably the story, and it's fine if that's what George R. R. Martin's intended to do. Great, Daenerys dies and John goes away, whatever. But if if that's the end, and it was so unfulfilling because of the execution, then why do you want to watch a prequel to it? Why am I gonna get invested into this this prequel when the ending to the ultimate show? Yeah. was so unsatisfactory. So, boiling it down, you're more interested in Rings of Power than <laughs> House of the Dragon. Make a choice. I'm a, I'm I'm asking. What are you more interested in? Well, and, I, and don't I, and I don't say really don't say, say it's the same. No, I'm not going to say the same. Can I answer that question after I watch the first episode of Rings of Power? No. And can I just call it Lord of the Rings versus Game of Thrones because I can't keep these names straight anymore. Cuz I can answer it. I would. I want you to answer it just now. I just don't think it's fair for me to answer it because I've already watched two episodes of Game of Thrones versus zero episodes of Lord of the, episodes of Lord of the Rings. But, but fine. If you really want me to answer it, I'll say I perhaps will be more invested and more interested in Lord of the Rings, aka Rings of Power, to not confuse people. And in the I, podcast. And I agree with you. Okay. Okay, because I, I thought you. you were definitely no. going to see, say, House of Dragon. I House, agree with you. Uh, the Dragon. Whatever. I agree with you. And I think a lot of it is what you said in terms of like the ending is just like, just sours the taste of so much that they, it has to do so much more heavy lifting mm-hmm. to make up for that. Whereas Lord of the Rings, it's like, I like, I think it's more enjoyable to be in the Lord of the Rings world then it's more enjoyable to be in the right. Game of Thrones world in terms of watching TV right. or watching a movie. Right. right. And I think like going back to Star Wars, because it ended so well, the the originals, when the prequels ended, it was really good. Yeah. That's true. Revenge of the Sith was a yeah. really, really so good So you're movie. invested more. Yeah. All right. So with that said, um, we'll be watching lord of the rings on friday i believe and we'll be watching the next house house of the dragon on sunday and, and we'll watch f1 this oh sunday my god as well. we don't have time for all this but we will do our best and um in terms of when this podcast is going to come out we will not try to we, we, we are unable to do it weekly but we'll do it as much as possible we'll give it a shot yeah 
We'll do as much as possible. I'd say at the minimum, I would like to, to be every two weeks, recap how we're feeling about both shows. That's and a if good there's goal. Any, if there's anything else going on in pop culture, we'll discuss it then. This is no longer a Game of Thrones podcast, as you saw in the new key art that we had. It's this just is just a... a discussion series. That's it. <laughs> so a discussion series about anything and everything. Sounds exactly. good. Exactly. All right. Well, Thank thanks for joining us. Thank you for for being on the podcast again. And thank you for welcoming us back into your cars or wherever you're listening to us. It's your AirPods. Five people. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have Bye. a good day.